a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. Well, welcome back to this episode of Story Connect the podcast. This is part two of our discussion here with Brian Bissonette of Paul Bunyan Communications in Minnesota. Uh, we hit uh, two topics uh, in part one, and we've got the two final topics here. We're looking uh, forward to talking about um, internet chat or the online uh, chat service that they do at Paul Bunyan and then also becoming Apple certified. So, Brian, thanks for joining us again. Hey, no problem. Let's get right into the topics. There are two uh, two topics. Um, one is particularly unique um, as, as that I've seen anyway at Paul Bunyan. But you guys, it says on your website, you're Apple certified, right? We're an Apple certified service center. That's correct. So we can service in warranty or out of warranty um, products from Apple. So, you know, whether it's an Apple computer, um, Beats headphones, Apple TV, um, iPads, um, you name it. Um, we can fix it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're a, a certified Apple service center, something that we just uh, accomplished last um, summer. We actually purchased the company in Bemidji that had the uh, Apple certification. Okay. And so that, while that didn't guarantee that we'd be able to continue it, Apple's very particular about their service centers. About everything, really. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, and so we had to go through quite a process to be able to transfer the certification to Paul Bunyan um, and also transfer their office to our office because they had a separate office where their service center was located. Um, and so they were very particular about um, where it was located. Um, it was on the first floor, those types of things, which, of course, we were happy to accommodate. Um, and we have our own Internet staff our own internet department and always have. So we've got a lot of expertise in that area. And we had always offered our members free um, computer servicing on anything that was web-related. We didn't really promote it because, of course, that would backlog us for months on end and people, you know, want to have their computer fixed. Right. Um, but we would do that. Um, but this is a totally different realm. And, and it's one that's natural to us. Um, obviously, we're the internet service provider. <clears throat> if we can help them fix their devices um, that are, uh, you know, that they're using on our network, all the better. And of course, it also engages non-customers as well. Um, and we're the only Apple certified um, service center in northern Minnesota. The nearest is Duluth and Fargo, which wow. is two and a half hours away from uh, from Bemidji. So we're the regional hub for a lot of things. And in uh, for Apple repair, obviously, um, in Apple service, we certainly are that. Um, so that's been a big score for us, and it has been extremely busy. Um, I think it's been successful um, from the company that sold it to us as well. They had a, um, a single um, owner who was ready to move on, um, but wanted in capable hands. Um, and I think it just is... Um, Worked out beautifully um, for them and for us. All their staff came over, so we have all of their staff working for us. So we didn't have to uh, go through a whole big certification through Apple of new staff. Um, we do have some of our staff also getting certified, um, but we brought their staff with. And so now they're they're working for us. Um, and uh, it's just, I guess, more clout behind, uh, behind the Apple Service Center than ever before because we're a much larger company than the one we purchased. Sure, and that's uh, without getting you know too personal into that. Uh, do you are you guys is that primarily for positioning and, and to be the technology expert in the area, or is this a real profit center uh, for y'all going forward? Well, I think it's both. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a, t- a potential for some good profit um, I- I- in it, um, but it's also to be all encompassing and offer all of our membership um, the latest in technology and 
ways to fix it. Um, and so we had always thought about getting in computer repair. There's obviously some computer repair stores in our region, um, and it's always a little dicey for the co-op to try to compete against others. Um, but this is a natural. I mean, it's within our realm and something we certainly felt was necessary. So when we were approached about the opportunity, that's when we really delved more into it. I can't say we were looking to, to start up our own computer service center, um, but uh, when the opportunity arose, um, we certainly um, take, took a look at it and, uh, and decided that was a path for us to go down. Speaking as somebody who got a raw deal from a kiosk in the mall on a uh, iPad repair, to have have a name like uh, you know like Telco, you, they've trusted for years behind it, who you know is going to stand behind it, uh, that would definitely be a big advantage. So that makes a lot of sense. That's the big thing I think most of all is that our brand is solid. Um, we have a very solid reputation, particularly when it comes to service, customer service as well as service for people's homes and services um, from our own internet, television, and phone stuff. Um, we have high quality service and uh, and I think that you're right uh, leads to peace of mind when people see our name and it's on it they feel comfortable about bringing it in because of course if we don't fix it properly guess what we're not leaving you can come right back in and and talk to the very same person and, and have it uh, looked at again but uh, yeah that trust factor is huge um, and and one of the things I think is the biggest um, advantage for us being in that realm is that our brand is solid our technology is um, is certainly no that we offer the latest and greatest and that we can handle this type of thing. So um, it's definitely done very well for us. Yeah, that guy in the mall kiosk, he, he did not stick around after Christmas. So, <laughs> so if, you, if you see him, let me know. Yeah. Uh, one, one last topic here, and, and we are running a little bit long on this episode, but it's the, uh, it's the first one of the season, and uh, you guys haven't had any uh, great content like this since December, so maybe you'll forgive us for that. But there's one more important topic that I wanted to talk about uh, here with you. Um, but when we've got uh, the discussion that was going on on the PRNet um, email exchange, I think it was last week, where they talked about the online chats, and it was, it's a topic that brought up from time to time on there and at other conferences, but you guys seem to have a pretty robust offering uh, with your online chat uh, when I was looking on, on your site about it. When, how did you roll that out? When and uh, how did you do it? And then how popular has it been with folks who like to, to chat online instead of uh, making the phone calls for service? Well, our whole thing is certainly local customer service and connecting with our customer any way we can. Um, and obviously, they're in that realm. Um, we added it a couple of years ago. It was a soft launch. Um, one of our, uh, A vendor of ours helped facilitate it. And I think it's really important that you go through that process to make sure that it, it fits within your working environment. So when you're implementing it, how is that going to work with your customer service staff in their day-to-day -day operation? How do they know if they have a chat when they're on a call? And, you know, the whole integration into how customer service works is certainly an important facet of that. Now, here two years later, we've got it down. They're familiar with how it works and, and can handle all the different traffic from in person to uh, on the phone and now online. Um, and we turn it on and off when our customer service is there and not there. So when our office is closed at six o'clock, so does the online chat shut down at six o'clock. Um, but uh, it's gone really well for us. I, I don't have the numbers as to how many people are using it, um, but I do know that it's a pretty regular thing every day. I mean, it's not uh, not like we go days with um, without anybody ever you know chatting with us. Um, it's a it's a regular occurrence. And for us, again, we just want to be wherever our customers are comfortable with getting a hold of us. So if that's a chat 
that's fine. That's online, that's in person. Um, that's our biggest advantage is the fact that we're all local. Um, our entire cooperative, our entire team lives and works in the region just like everybody else. And we take advantage of that as much as we can to leverage the fact that we're the only ones offering true local customer service. Everybody else, um, all of our competitors, you have to call an 800 number. They might have a storefront, um, but it's minimally staffed. Um, the control is not there. Um, they don't have decision-making abilities in most instances. Um, and so uh, certainly that's a big facet. So when this technology came about, I think the biggest worry was how are we going to integrate that into our day-to-day -day operations? Um, and I think the vendor that we have um, has really done a great job working with our supervisors and management of customer service, as well as our staff once it was implemented to reassure them that, you know, this isn't going to break anything. It's just a different way of doing business day to day. And it's just another thing that you have to incorporate in that's not going to be overwhelming, um, but it certainly is going to be appreciated by those who are in the realm and would prefer it that way. And obviously, we're not the only ones doing that. Um, there's, it's a pretty common thing now, but I think the smaller you are, the more difficult it is to maybe embrace that because it is a cultural change in a way. Sure, and uh, and I like the kind of the theme of this podcast. Been you know a small uh, telco being able to be agile uh, compared to a lot of the the bigger uh, companies. But let's talk about some of the mechanics, and then we'll we'll sign off with that. But just the mechanics of, of that. So your customer service person is sitting there. They have a line of folks coming in um, to talk to them. They've got the phone ringing, and then they've got the little window popping up on the computer. Do you have? The same people doing all three of those things, or, or how, how do you split that out? Well, we try to segment it a little bit by service. Um, our internet department handles anything internet-related. Um, and so if it's an online chat that comes in about internet, they may, um, may try to get them to call in or may try to bring an internet technician in on the discussion. So our internet department handles anything internet-related. And then our customer service staff, um, we do try to d split them up because telephone and television are two different animals. Particularly television um, has a lot of different things going on. Um, and so we do try to separate it that way, but at the end of the day, um, it's difficult to do because, of course, anybody can online chat with you and their question can be varied. Um, and so what we try to do is just make sure that we're facilitating it so that the, the when the person chimes into chat, they get um, you know a local person right away to engage with them. And then where it goes from there is based upon the chat. So um, we've got a, you know, a lot of different systems in place to monitor phone calls coming in. Obviously, we can't necessarily have a computer on who's coming into the office at any given time. You can see that. Um, but certainly trying to make sure that we have, we know reps are available, what's not, and if we have an overload situation, how to handle that um, and for staffing purposes as well, obviously. Um, and it seems to have worked really well. I'm not hands-on. I'm not the one, you know, obviously doing all of that. Um, but when when I talk to our customer service reps and their supervisor, it seems like it's just part of the gig now, where two years ago, I think there was a lot of fear, as there is almost anything new. Um, there's a lot of fear for people and change, um, but our staff is used to that now. I think they embrace it a little bit more, but there's still a little angst as to, well, how's this going to work? And discussing something over text and chat is a lot different than in person or by audibly on a phone because people interpret what you say a little bit differently when you're typing it. You don't think much about it. And so they've also had to have a little bit of 
uh, cognizant um, of that fact that to be careful what you're typing because what you're typing may to you sound very straightforward, but it may come out as snarky or negative to the person on the other side. So um, it's an interesting dynamic, but I think we all can re relate because of email and texting and all of that, that we've all probably misinterpreted the tone of an email or a text before because you don't get tone in that environment. And so that's the other challenge is learning how to, um, I guess, chat online back and forth with your customer in a way that um, can get them what the help that they need without trying to upset them in any way. Sure, you touched on two things there, and I appreciate you being so generous with your time today. Uh, two two things that I want to touch on uh, from what you just said. What kind of training, uh, I mean, if you can elaborate a little bit on what you mentioned with tone, uh, that, that happened just me with a text with my mother-in-law yesterday. So uh, <laughs> I'm obviously very familiar with how, how tone can be misinterpreted, but what kind of training, uh, was it any kind of formal training or any, any documents typed up or anything like that to, to help them get through that? Well, certainly from the technical side, there was a little bit of training on how it works and how you're going to realize it's you know a chat and who's going to take it and whose responsibility it is. Um, that was a little bit, I think, more formal. Um, a, a couple of days of training um, and how it would integrate into what we already do. Um, from the tone perspective, I think that's just been learning as they go. Um, you know, and I, again, we all can relate. And I'm the guy who has to send out all the emails to all our staff, and I get comments sometimes like, "That, ah, geez, that sounds, you know, geez, you sounded really mad." And, how did I sound mad when I was, you know, it's just, it's interesting that tone is interpreted in so different many ways, you know, uh, online. Um, Gotta remember to turn off that caps lock next time that, you do that. Well, that's important too. And we and that, there is some of that we had to do um, because there's, there's some people who aren't as, I guess, uh, understanding of how, um, you know, online communication works and that all caps is screaming at somebody. Right. So you can't do that. And then there's the grammar piece. It's important for you to respond, not necessarily gr grammatically correct, but certainly spelling correctly. Sure. Um, Cause that, you know, it, it certainly leads to impression of your company. Yes. If you're, you know, a customer service rep and you can't spell half the words properly, what's that saying? And you don't want to speak in necessarily the language you're being spoke to. You, in a professional in, in, in chat environment is what you're working in. The person on the other side may not be, and they may not be using the same language that you're using as far as, um, you know, uh, casual language or... Um, or anything else you might imagine that you could hear on an online chat. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that, so <laughs> I think that's probably a safe way to do it. Well, the last thing that I had for you um, as we were talking about this, it, two years, because you guys, uh, as some of the other things we talked about, were kind of ahead of the curve to start that two years ago. A lot of other folks have started it in the last year, maybe about to start it. What have you learned about the types of customers? Uh, I'm going to make an assumption that it's more millennial Gen X that's using online chat, but, but what have you learned about the types of customers that are, are using online chat and do they want different things than the folks who call in or visit in person? Well, I think, first of all, online chat um, certainly seems to be one of those things that if somebody's online and they're having a problem, they're quick to do it. Um, and which is good in a way because a lot of times I talk to people and they haven't reported problems to us. They'll put up with stuff and they think maybe like we would know they're having a problem. Like we monitor everybody's service 24 seven and go, oh, hey, I see you, know I noticed that your internet's been down for a little while. You know, it's the just cameras not- Cameras in the microwaves and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. um, so we do find it's maybe a more immediate, I've got a problem, I'm online, I'm gonna go to the chat. Certainly it skews to the millennials who are used to doing everything that way um, as much as they can. But uh, you know, that, that's not the case really anymore. I think most of us are used to those type of options that are available. Um, even if you're, you know, 
know, in the older demographic. Um, so it, it's definitely skewed millennial. Um, it, ha it, it takes a little while, I think, to catch on. So the fear of change um, is a little easier to accept when you're only getting one chat or two chats a day to begin with because people aren't used to it being there. And where it's placed on your website is important for people to be able to find easily. Um, so everybody a little nervous getting into it, but then they realize, well, this is going to be a slow process of people catching on and be using it, and that will allow me to learn as I go slowly rather than day one, here we go, we're getting, you know, hundreds of online chats today. Um, and I don't even think we get that number in a week. Um, but it's another option for us to reach out to our customer where they are, and that's important from our overall local customer service, which we look at as our biggest advantage. Obviously, we have a great network in place, um, but uh, you got to be able to back it up, and, and we've got a great staff. So um, it, it was just another way to, to be able to be in our realm where our customers where they could get a hold of us for help. Definitely. Well, this has been uh, Brian Bissonette, who is, uh, has joined us from Paul Bunyan Communications. Uh, thanks again for, uh, for sharing some of that insight with us. You bet, Andy. And uh, again, we are recording this episode live at the Minnesota Telecom Alliance uh, Conference here in Minneapolis. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.